This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Orange Hatter. Today, you will listen to part three of my conversation with Kimberly. If you study social science, I think they compare a grocery store in Russia to a grocery store in America. We walk into a grocery store and there's not one kind of pasta. There's like 25 different kinds of pasta and then 10 more that are gluten-free, you know. Whereas if you go to Russia, maybe you get one choice. The point being that sometimes the energy it takes for us to make a decision actually paralyzes us more or it makes us it makes us more stressed. Paralysis by analysis. Paralysis by analysis. If I walk into a grocery store, there's one kind of pasta I'll just take and put in my cart. But now I stand in the aisle, I'm like, okay, do I need to read all the labels? Do I trust all the labels? Should I go gluten-free? Should I go with the kids eat it if it's gluten-free? Should I go brown rice or should I go quinoa? You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many. and it's like that with with Bitcoin stuff. Like oh, you have hot wallets. You have like 25 different hot wallets, and then you have one hot wallet that's coming out every six weeks, and then you got cold storage, but then you got all these different kinds of cold storage. Just so much information. So you have your friend. He walked you through all the steps, and you were kind of putting the two things together. The jackal. Island book and the Bitcoin. So now, like fast forward through that one year, how did getting involved with Bitcoin with some conviction change the way you live your everyday life, or did it at all? Well, I would say it does, or has, because I've become, you know, an ambassador for Bitcoin, right? Like, I mean, a self-proclaimed ambassador for Bitcoin, <laughs> whether Bitcoin wants me or not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean now it's it's like I talk about it all the time. I mean I let people I let people know that I'm invested. And I'm constantly throwing it out there to see if I can find people that either are like oh yes, you know they're interested or they have you know I'm trying to find people that I can make some connection with. And definitely right as my conviction has grown, my allocation to Bitcoin has grown. So a bigger bigger percentage of my of our savings has gone into it, and I. Stack sats constantly now. I'm like, you know, rearranging our budget, right? So we can save more. And I've gone down that rabbit hole. I'm just, I'm so curious about it. I want to learn so much about it. I'm so hopeful for it. I want to increase my education and my knowledge and my understanding about it. So I mean, you know, I'm constantly listening to a podcast or reading about it, and not just about Bitcoin, but understanding the macroeconomic environment too. Because I come to understand now that that's probably more important than like an individual company. Financial statements. You know what I mean? Like you can explain about probably 98% of what happens in the market just by the macroeconomics is going on. So between kind of this obsessive desire to understand more about the macro side of things and then also Bitcoin and then how it's going to fit into it, it's changed me a lot. It really has because I feel like I've kind of got something, a cause that I'm fighting for. Corey um, Clepston from Swan Bitcoin, he says we're in a race and hopefully we can, we can get that adoption before we have war, right? Because we don't want, you know, the U.S. government is probably the only agency, right, that is big enough and powerful enough to make access to Bitcoin difficult. I don't think they can stop it, but they can certainly slow it down. I feel like we're, we are in a race to help people understand it, know about it, know what it means so that we don't have to, we, we can transition quicker and easier. We don't have to fight the, the causes that don't want it to happen. And I think there's a lot, a lot that don't want it to happen. Yeah, I mean, we're threatening the status quo. So yeah, 
I, I can't I can't see them lying down and rolling over go yeah sure you guys go do Bitcoin stuff I can't see them doing that yeah definitely that that race but also I don't know about your experience but my personal experience when I talk Bitcoin to people in general if I raise the issue they don't want to hear it. they their guards are up it's like when you tell your kids to go take a shower they don't want to but they gotta want to go take a shower themselves and then you don't even have to say anything kind of thing or you know same thing like they were about to go take out the garbage but if you say go take out the garbage they're gonna be like i'm not gonna do that right now you know <laughs> kind of like that yeah people have to be ready yeah right they have to be ready and that's why i guess i just keep kind of lobbing it out there right just seeing who will return it and who will wants to go farther with it because because little by little it's sort of you know as i talk to people eventually i find you know i fi- start to find some people who want to go a little deeper and i think so many people have been burned right because we have because of what the whole industry has been through because there has been that conflation between bitcoin and cryptocurrencies the rest of them you know with ftx which and um luna and you know celsius and all of that and you know bitcoin was at what you know 69,000 and now it's, then it went down to 16 so there's that whole media narrative they might have been paying attention back in 2020 or late 2021 when it peaked but i think a lot of people were interested in then and then you have that when that you know fall happens and all the unraveling in ftx right that turned people off people that might have been willing to pay attention they have to get past what they heard if you truly understand what Bitcoin is, aside from the fact that it is a money substitute, but you understand the protocol, which takes a little bit of time. But when the price started dropping, Scott and I were like, oh, my gosh, Bitcoin's on sale. <laughs> you know, and we we're so excited. We're like, what else? What else can we sell? What else can we sell to generate some cash so that we can take advantage of it when it's on sale? So we were celebrating. But a lot of other people are like, oh. My investment's going down, but we believe in the, the entire structure around Bitcoin. We, we believe in the ecosystem and all the people who are involved. And so as the price was going down, we're like, yes, more, more. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Eventually, of course, we would like for it to go back up. But that's where it's bad if people haven't managed their risk well or the, their liquidity well. If they had money that we really needed in and they bought at the high and they need that money and they don't have time to write it out. And then they have to liquidate. And that's what caused it to keep going down, 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 down. Right. Well, one, there's probably a lot of people in it that don't really even understand it. Right. They don't even understand why they're in there to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you have been, you're studying all the time and you're listening to podcasts and you're reading, you're reading books. Are you able to talk to your very close, like the people in your closest social circle, your family, your close friends about Bitcoin openly, or is that something that you have to kind of tread really carefully? No, I'm really fortunate. My husband and I are completely in sync. You know, I kind of lead the way on that just because probably my background, I'll just kind of feed him information as, as I go and he listens and absorbs and thinks about it. And, you know, but we're, we're in sync. So that's good. My kids are, um, you know, they're they're coming of age and coming along. And, um, you know, I got my oldest is saving in, in Bitcoin now. You know, it's interesting because I had her, she did the Dave Ramsey financial peace course. We really need to get him to understand, take the time to understand Bitcoin. <laughs> so, because she came out of that ready to save. And I'm like, where do I tell her to put her money? 
Because right now, the only thing I feel like is valuable or worth promoting your money in is Bitcoin. But he doesn't address it. I hope that he takes the time to research it. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing with my kids. We did the financial peace curriculum with them. And so I know that at least at the time when we studied it, he was very against people buying real estate properties and renting them out because he says most people don't understand what they're doing and end up losing a lot of money. So at one point, I think in his book, he was like, if you have a rental property, sell it right away or something like that. I don't know if you remember that part. But you know, Rich, that poor dad, we taught that to our kids as well. The cash flow for kids, we used to play with them once a month. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Like we would say, if you get out of the rat race, here's a bowl of jelly beans. You can go have your jelly beans. And so we would play Rich That Poor Dad. And when they were graduating high school, one of their required books that I made them read was a Robert Kiyosaki book called Why Why A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government. Oh, I haven't read that. Yeah, that's a that's a great book. That's a great book for you to have your kids read. It's thick, but it goes really fast. Mm -hmm. And so I think because of that influence, my kids are thinking when they want to safeguard the value of their savings, it means real estate. Because, you know, Robert Kiyosaki is a real estate person and he talks about that right. you know, extensively. Right. Um, Dave Ramsey doesn't. So my kids are saying if you spread out the risk from their young people's point of view, if you spread out the risk, you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. You should put it in at least two or more baskets. And in their mind, that means rental properties and possibly Bitcoin. I don't know. One of them is convinced the other three are sitting on the fence right now. How do you address that with your kids coming from a financial planner point of view? I guess I'm still trying to figure that out, right? Because I've only got one, my old one right now that is ready or in a position and she's still in college. So she only has a little bit of money to put aside. So I'm just trying to get her started on having some money just into the in the habit right of putting her 10 percent aside every little paycheck you know as you get going you don't really have enough to diversify with anyways right so it's not really it's, it's not something i've really approached yet where i've had the conversations at some point i will need to and i need to kind of have that have that answer because again with my with a financial planning background I've, i'm totally not diversified right now <laughs> Right, like I'm way over allocated in, in Bitcoin, but I think I think I have to reassess what diversification means too. Thank you for joining us today. We will continue this conversation tomorrow. Be sure to come back and hear the rest. See you next time.